Welcome to season eight of Retrain Your Brain. And this season is going to be all about thriving. I'm going to be digging into my positive psychology toolkit and giving you the exercises to move from I'm fine to I'm flourishing. Feeling a bit odd? This episode is all about embracing who you are, because realistically, who wants normal anyway? We as individuals are very much on a spectrum. Some of our traits make us more suited for certain roles. Some of them mean we gel well with certain people. Some may even mean we struggle a little more in some areas. But that doesn't mean that some people are better than others. It doesn't mean some are more valuable. And it certainly doesn't mean we all need to try to be the same. Psychology was never actually about defining normal. But unfortunately, where through history, psychology started to use ratings to give an objective means of measuring change in behaviour or thinking or feeling, it did go a little awry when it started to suggest that the norm or the average was not simply a measure of where the dominant trait in one area of the study fell, but something to actually aim for. This framed not the norm as something undesirable, and that pretty much goes against all of my thinking, not just as a psychologist, but as a person. Psychology's own origin is that it began as a bridge between philosophy and physiology, and the word derives from the ancient Greek psyche, meaning soul or mind, and logia, study or account, with its common definition being the science of mind and behaviour. Our thoughts were first studied to help us understand and explain ourselves, and then as the field was expanded, the results of such study were modelled and measured in order to make predictions of what behaviours could occur, and then later to affect outcomes. And this is notably great because in the area of clinical psychology and treatment, being able to affect the outcome is wonderful. Winding its way through that was the study of how to live a good or meaningful and pleasant life, which are the three paths to a happy life from positive psychology, and as well as that recognition of the beauty of human uniqueness. Psychology's history moved it through introspection, which is self-reflection, and psychoanalysis, which is the interpretation of our unconscious drives, to behaviorism which is measuring observable actions and noting that behaviours could be learned through conscious and unconscious association. And then with the developments in technology, psychology started using the computer model to underpin its cognitive insights. In other words, mental processes and the effect of our thinking, including language, on our actions were studied and explained in the same way as what you program into a computer comes out, what we put into our brain comes out in behaviour. And then psychology branched into social and developmental areas where it started looking at the effect of social influence and early environmental influence. And then it moved to therapy where the original behaviorism, the learned responses and cognitivism, which is what goes in, must come out, founded clinical psychology. And as I said, clinical psychology was all about treatment of those on the mentally ill or the mental suffering side of said spectrum. Developmental psychology led to applications in education, which I think is also wonderful because there, when we're focused on how different people think, 
we actually come up with innovations and ideas to make learning easier for them. But in doing so, it often makes learning easier for everybody. And then the fields of humanistic and gestalt psychology and later positive psychology would also come to remind us that living and truly flourishing in life is not just about being normal, but by living your best life. Now, something I noticed when I teach psychology and certainly when I was writing psychology exams was that I would explore all of these different explanations for behavior. And I would appreciate that in explaining, predicting, and even in making practical application, there is no one size fits all. Some schools of thought may suit some people's approach to life. And therefore, they're best utilized, not in competition with each other, but simply as various options, each of them valuable, depending on how they're being used and who is using them. Which is why I always say, even with therapy, if something is not working for you, find the style that does. While the idea that one size fits all is easy, perhaps to categorize, it's certainly reductionist. I myself use a whole range of techniques with my clients. Some of them connect with NLP, some of them with DBT or CBT practices. Others simply need a combination of different tools. And more often than not, we will mix and match in any case. Certain exercises may work for you for a while and then they need to be changed just as self-development plateaus in the same way as fitness plateaus. Or maybe those exercises are just no fun for you anymore. It's okay to change. It's okay to tweak. Other exercises might be revisited because now there's an occasion where you can actually use them. I'm often asked, do you specialize in A, B or C? I don't specialize in any of them. Maybe that puts me at a disadvantage, but then I don't profess to be a specialist in any one technique. I know a number of techniques. I'm actually qualified also in a number of techniques for my own choosing. But what I do is in knowing them, I use a combination to see what works for you. For me, I need to know what tools are out there. I need to listen to what my clients are saying because I need to know where to start in terms of explanation, helping understanding. And certainly inner child work can be used as a synonym for self-acceptance in the same way as law of attraction may well be the package that connects with the client better than you're not the computer, you're a programmer of your life. And knowing all of these things gives me extra ways of being able to connect with you. If you like using inner child work, great. I will use that terminology. If you like the law of attraction, I have enough of an understanding of it that I can use their terminology, whereas I'm actually teaching psychology. The more we know, the more we think, the more we learn from other people, the easier it is to connect with more people and possibly help more people. And yes, perhaps I can be criticised as a jack of all trades, master of none. But I would remind you of the rest of that saying, which is, is oft times better than master of one. My field, psychology, cannot even agree within itself. Therefore, I find it's better to have a broader understanding of all possible concepts 
to give you or me the best chance of finding something that works, depending on what you're trying to achieve. The same is true of our lives. The more colours in our palette, the better. There is a reason why one needs training to administer psychometrics. And it's not because you need to learn how to analyse the data, that's all done on computer, but you need training so that you can explore the results as a starting point for self-development and not hand them to a client like some sort of label. And that's why I'm so opposed to the way that a lot of quantitative data is sometimes used in recruitment or when GPs are too quick to prescribe something to manage the symptom. Yes, I do accept that sometimes we do need something medical because that's how we can affect our brain chemistry in the way that a natural way of exercise and getting out in the sun may not help us. But it's really important sometimes to get your diagnosis just to get access to different interventions and support available, not to label you. And you don't always need the diagnosis if you don't want it. If you're open to lots of ways that different things might or might not help you. If you try something and it works, great. If it doesn't, try something else. Difference, if nurtured, can be absolutely magnificent. If we can embrace difference, and I don't just mean embracing neurodiversity, of course that's important, but just recognise your human uniqueness and learn what enables you to perform at your best and then apply that same recognition that we're all different to our teams, to our relationships, and even to our families. And we will begin to nurture a world that no longer wastes energy trying to conform to what seems dominant, but creates, dares, and thrives based on our difference. So where can I go after giving that rant today? Well, this week, try the following things for you. Number one, Identify when you experience the feeling of flow, which is deep mental engagement, and make time for more of that because that feeling energizes you. Then maybe do that for a week. And next, identify what is meaningful to you. And a great way to do this is to think about previous achievements and pick out what element of that achievement made your heart sing? And remember, it may not be what other people identify. So this is why a lot of self-reflection is best done on our own. And then after you've done that, identify the social relationships where you feel most comfortable. And again, recognise why and then seek to behave in those ways yourself. And never, ever forget that learning and our brains are changeable. We can do something and then decide that doesn't work for us anymore and change it to something else. And when you've done this for yourself, explore those areas with your loved ones, your teams, your families, and maybe even actively look for opportunities where you can help them engage in all of the above for them. And this way you can also learn and widen your knowledge of who they are. You never know when you might need one of their special, unique skills. I painted my bedroom recently and I chose Sapphire Salute, which if you do go into Wix or any of the other stores, you'll see it's one of the most popular ones. But 
I didn't choose it because of its popularity. In fact, it was a frustration because due to its popularity, I couldn't actually get enough tins. But rather, I had a choice. I'd looked at Admiral, I'd looked at Navy, I'd looked at a full range of just the colour blue alone. But it was that breadth of choice that enabled me to find the perfect fit for my room. When you come to painting your life's masterpiece, don't you want a broad range of colour to work with? Doesn't that diversity make life in general so much more beautiful? And that's all we have time for. But for more positive psychology exercises, check out my YouTube channel, Dr. Audrey Tang Tools to Drive. Visit my website, www.draudreyt.com, where you can also purchase copies of my books. Or alternatively, join me on NLive Radio, Tuesdays, 9pm, in the Wellbeing Lounge.